Verideth looked up from barren rocks and crags to gaze at the violet-blue globe slowly spinning in the sky above him. Stranded up here as he was, he should have felt fear or hesitation or maybe regret. But instead there was only excitement and a rare stirring of pride. His contributors would be immensely pleased with all they'd accomplished. Verdeth set aside some of the delicate components and foci he'd carried with him, ensuring they were categorized appropriately for ease of retrieval. He'd need to keep in regular contact with the world below, for reasons professional and personal. He had a lot of work to do, and he'd like to retain his sanity while so drastically separated from community and friends. The problem of satellite teleportation had baffled most Azimdi transamancers for a long time. The power required for moving through portal space is tremendous. The precision and skill necessary for moving where you want to is even worse. Only if in the last few decades had the infrastructure and labor been dedicated towards facilitating portal space transit on a large scale, thanks in no small part to the Nedvin Concord. The nature of the portal hub wasn't really a new idea. Multiple short-range jumps through portal space to get where you wanted on a global scale was pretty mundane to most Azimdi, who would travel long-term this way anyways. But this method was arduous, time-consuming, and exhausting. Establishing concrete instruments and personnel to facilitate it as a more normal means of transit required such inordinate upfront capital that no one had even made a serious attempt at accomplishing it. The Netvin Concord wasn't the only Concord involved in the global portal hub, but they were by far its largest stakeholder. As one of its establishing members, the Concord had made Verdeth quite wealthy. But unlike many of his contemporaries, he had not retired to private studies or component speculation or a life of fine melodies and flowing crystal. No, he had cycled all those resources right back into his passion expanding the network into the stars. Verideth was mercilessly mocked by his fellows, of course, particularly from among the other powerful Concords. Fortunately for him, in their eagerness to remove him from competitive control of Netvin, he was actually assisted in his overall endeavors. He didn't mind. He believed, firmly, that his people had plateaued societally and culturally, stranded on a single planet, and if it took him being stuck, alone, for the next however long to start the cycle of acceptability and reaching out to the stars, then so be it. He would end up staying on the moon for about five weeks of solitude and mild frustration, before his scrying detected something he hadn't expected. An artificial object of some sorts, traversing the expanse between celestial bodies as smoothly as one might levitate across the ground. He observed the thing with his limited scrying for almost a full cycle before coming to several conclusions. 1. It was a complex device, no mere singular object. 2. It contained no power source or generation that he could divine. And 3. It was moving methodically through the system, clearly stopping for a substantial point at each body before moving onwards. As he readied the sending to inform his conquered of the situation, Random explanations flitted through his thoughts. Rogue body? Alien space monster! Precursor to invasion by vacuum beasts! And he paused. The object was quite close now, visible from his nested perch, and, on wild impulse, he redirected his sending towards it. 
Jabari Weidan had been having a fairly normal day. Just another system for cataloging and scanning, with only a few pings on the innermost planet that had a few people back home curious. He was, as such, completely unprepared for the sudden sight of a bismuth statue inside of his cabin. In interviews later, Mr. Weidan would try to talk up his endeavors as humanity's first ambassador to an alien species, but... The truth was more that a combination of boredom, sleep deprivation, and more than a little suspicion that he was hallucinating was what caused him to so casually react to this strange thing and interact with it. Over the course of several hours, Verideth's projection and Mr. Weidon would slowly reach the mutual realization that the other was a sentient, sapient being. Incapable of discourse in the traditional sense, they instead used groupings of objects within the cabin to demonstrate patterns and solve math equations. It would take considerably more time for the Azimdi to recognize that humans had vocal linguistics and to learn to emulate them, as the human mind was, at least at the time, too alien for the Azimdi to directly communicate. But with this first random foolish act of two mutual enthusiasts, the seeds of cooperation had been sown.